Welcome to this episode of Insert Sound, Season 2, recorded in February 2021. It seemed fitting to finally start writing a short script for this episode on the eve of a volcanic eruption here in Iceland, as the episode is actually about the eruptions at Geysir, where instead of lava, quick-boiling, gas-rich water erupts from the ground So now that I've lost 99% of you, as you begin looking for news and videos of this tiny volcanic eruption I just mentioned, I continue this episode with the 1%. The premise of today's episode is not just me going to the area known as Geysir to record the sound of Strokkur, which is an actual geyser, but not the original Geysir, after which all geysers in the world are named after, but is located 200 meters away from the geyser that actually erupts on a regular basis and is named Strokkur. The second part of the premise of the episode is the fact that I went to record the eruption sounds of Strokkur along with my buddy and sound recordist Busby, who shares my passion for sound recording We'd spoken about going on a recording trip together for weeks, and he asked me if I wanted to join when he headed to record the eruption, that is, the uh, water eruption, a job he had gotten from someone somewhere. I went to the ski area Blaufjöll after work on a Wednesday, recorded sounds for a personal project I'm working on, then drove east to the seaside village Busby currently resides in, and spent the night talking sound stuff. We left mid-morning, driving through thick fog, heading inland. As we got there, there was no wind, no tourists, and so no problem, except for the sound of a rooftop fan at the empty hotel. A phone call made by me was met with great understanding, but the person was adamant that there was no fan in the hotel, so nothing to shut down. We decided to go and set up and leave the fan issue to a later EQ. Hey, Mike's. Mike. Mike. I had my MixPre 6 and MKH 8040 stereo pair in an ORTF configuration in a small blimp on a stand, while Busby had three Peli cases laid out on a tarp, four mic stands, and an hour to set up for much more intricate recordings, creating various source recordings for his client. The Geyser Strokkur kept erupting every 10 minutes, so we felt there was no rush. It was above freezing, maybe 3 or 4 degrees, no wind, and we were well dressed. As it neared noon, a surprising flow of tourists, perhaps 2 to 3 every 15 minutes, began jeopardizing our recordings. Oohs and ahs, laughs and such only had one positive effect, which was the thought that the natural sound might be eruptions amidst the cacophony of various languages of oohs and ahs in light of the place having been a tourist attraction for centuries. That did not help nor please Busby to get what he actually needed, which was a clear, clean recording of Strokkur, a geyser, erupting. While I stood there with my four-meter cable, I noticed that Busby has very long microphone cables. Of course, it depends on the 
actual application and need, but it made me think of the bare minimum needed for sound recordist in the simplest of jobs. Also, it made me think of how gear-heavy the job is, either by need or possibly by culture. There are photographers lugging around cases full of lenses and flashes and tripods and reflectors, and there are photographers with small cameras slung around their neck with an extra battery in the pocket. Again, different jobs, different needs, but still, it did make me think of how minimal you could go and still be taken seriously as a sound recordist. I see a lot of people posting photos of their sound kits or sound rigs online. The cleanliness and ease of use comes from the arrangement of gear into bags seems to be the main factor to impress. And then, of course, the gear itself. I look down on my own sound bag, a cheap black 90s denim shoulder bag with a zipper, Think drum and bass DJ in London in 1998. I had cut holes into the sides of the bag and attached big curtain rings to feed in the XLR cables. The bag was padded with thick foam, and so the recorder, Mix Pre 6, would be protected even in the case of a drop to the ground. Unlikely to impress on any sound form, but it served its purpose, which was perfectly fitting the recorder keeping it safe, and mostly not looking like a bag carrying a thousand-dollar recorder. This came from me recording around London with a handheld Rode NT4 stereo mic, feeling a bit self-aware. The only risk here at the geyser was the spray of water that has salts and sulfur in it, not the friendliest to sound equipment. But... We were positioned safely from the downpour following the eruptions of Strokur. Insert sound. To paint a bit of a picture of sound, what you heard was between 300 to 350 liters of water erupting from the ground, which is a dense rock bowl around the hole, 1.5 to 2 meters in diameter, reaching approximately 30-40 meters below the surface, or maybe even more. The color of the rock is light brown, probably way more. That's the depth they've been able to measure the temperature down to. Anyway, onwards. The color of the rock is light brown or yellowish, basically a buildup of minerals from the water, forming tiny little platforms further from the hole. The hole fills quickly, or within a minute, while the more famous geyser, Geysir, could take up to 12 hours to fill back up. The process of erupting a 20 to 30 meter tall column of water comes from the unique geology and geothermal character of the area. With hot water flowing into the underground vertical hole, the height and weight of the water above holds down the boiling process, as the water below is well over 100 degrees Celsius, similar to a pressure cooker. Colder water at the surface sinks, and a turbulence is formed 
a complicated blend of hot and cold water. But when a big air bubble forms on the surface due to boiling, there is a sudden pressure release below, and a quick boil of water happens in a split second, making the water below expand a thousandfold, creating the eruption. Let's hear it again. Injured sound. And now in slow motion. So, without further historical or geological insights, let's listen to a compilation of eruptions from that day, starting with one where a person talks during the eruption. Insert sound. We are not done yet. Not only are there quite a few more eruptions in ORTF stereo, but also a handful of mono recordings from a Rode NTG3 shotgun mic, which I mounted on Busby's long ambient boom pole. I think that's it for product placement, free product placement. Insert sound. So why not combine the two together? Wide stereo sound, layered with a precise and more narrow sound of the eruption. Something like this, insert sound. Let's end this episode with a collection of recordings of Strokkur erupting on a February afternoon in Iceland. We start with stereo, followed by mono from a shotgun mic for every recording. So, stereo, mono, stereo, mono. You can uh, check out Busby's various recordings on his SoundCloud page by searching for... Wait for it. Wait for it. What's the name? Hidden sound. Wait, let me try this again. Hidden sound. Or, alternatively, find the link to it at www.insertsound.net. Ha! Get your own website. Thanks again for listening to Insert Sound. I am your host, Svavar Jonathanson, and Insert Sound. Insert Sound.